Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the channel. It's Denise Salcedo. It is Sunday, November 5th, and I am doing a bonus podcast, I guess. Uh, it's technically not a bonus because I cover AEW Collision every week whenever there's not a pay-per-view or something else going on. So technically, yesterday's Crown Jewel podcast was the bonus one, but we're just going to call this one a bonus one here today. So we are going to break down AEW Collision, chat a little bit about what went down, and then also preview a pretty big dynamite that is kind of looking pretty damn good for this upcoming Wednesday. So it'll be a good time. I hope everybody is having an awesome weekend so far. Uh, it's almost coming towards the end, though, because it's Sunday. And, well, you guys know how it is. It's always Sundays that go by the fastest. And then we all got to go back to work on Monday, although I'm working right now. So what am I talking about? All righty, everyone. Let's get to it. First of all, shout out to everybody uh, who is here. I appreciate you guys coming on on a time that I'm not normally live so uh, I really appreciate it and let's get to it let's talk about what went down on AEW collision so I'm gonna be honest with you guys and I always am so I don't know why I said that but anyways so <laughs> there's last week's AEW collision was possibly I'm not gonna say one of my favorites but because of the match with MJF and Kenny Omega it was definitely what I thought a great show primarily because of one match so like I said last week it was a one match show that was really the reason why we were mainly tuning in and it's the same thing for me every week I feel there are certain episodes of AW collision where I'm like yeah this show's got so much potential let's freaking go right and then there are a couple of other episodes where I'm going what are we doing here with collision this one, I would say, is kind of in between. There were some things that I enjoyed, and I'm pretty sure you guys will know which one, since I'm pretty sure everybody enjoyed them too. And then there were other things where I'm like, what am I doing? And I'll be real with everybody here. This was possibly maybe the second hardest collision in terms of kind of getting through the entire show. Now, sometimes when I don't watch shows live, that does kind of impact me a little bit. So I don't know if it was because I wasn't watching live and I was watching a, a replay of collision, even just kind of changed the way that I felt about it. Sometimes I feel like that happens. But truthfully, I had a hard time staying connected to the show throughout the entire show I really thought that they started off very very good and then it kind of went downhill somewhere in the middle of the show and then it picked up just a bit towards the end but I didn't feel like this show had like a continuous build throughout I felt like they put the very best at the beginning of AEW collision. So that's a little bit about how I felt, but I'm going to go ahead and break it down just a little bit more. So we kicked off the, the show with AR Fox versus Swerve Strickland. Now, the thing that I most enjoyed about this, aside from the match, of course, was the way that they got things started. Because we know that for AEW Collision, they do these little videos at the beginning where everybody's talking and they're kind of saying their spiel about what they're going to do later on in the night. So it's a really cool way to kind of preview the show and know who's going to be on later in the night for those that might have missed the actual card, right? So it gets you really hyped up. And for the most part, we get video, 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 intro, start of show. This time we got video, video, video. And as Swerve Strickland is doing his little bit, out of nowhere, he ends up getting attacked. And I'm like, yes, 
it, it felt like a different thing where it didn't feel like formulaic where we always see the same thing and we can predict the same thing. No, this time they kind of broke it down just a little bit different. And so it got this really hot start to the show, which I really liked that they did that. And it caught, I think, a lot of people off guard because, again, we don't normally see a start to collision that way. So anyways, I thought that was a thumbs up to kind of get the show started off that way. But we get into this match with AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. Now, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. So first of all, for the actual portion of the match, very good match. Of course, with AR Fox, the big thing with him is that, to me, AR Fox is the guy that... If you want to put somebody, for example, Swerve Strickland, who's going into this match with Hangman Adam Page at full gear, if you want to get somebody like a Swerve Strickland, a win that isn't over just like some random guy on the roster that like nobody cares about, you put him in there with somebody like AR Fox because AR Fox is not some guy that I would say nobody cares about, right? But he is still, like, he's obviously not Hangman Page level. He's not Swerve Strickland level. But he goes out there and he knows how to put on a great match. He's spectacular. He wins people over in his in-ring performances. So I see AR Fox as a good person to kind of go out there and have matches with people when you need them to get a good win here, but not against somebody that doesn't mean anything. So for me, I love AR Fox's uh, kind of role in this match. Match, especially because you know AR Fox and Swerve Strickland they do have history so that's kind of an added additional bonus to this but personally I really just thought that the overall portion of this match was very good and there was a moment that I especially loved and it was when AR Fox slapped Swerve Strickland because Swerve Strickland was being like a jerk to him as you know that's Swerve Strickland that's what he's doing right so he slaps him in the face and it was that that I kind of liked that extra personal touch that was given to the matchup here but after this match we do see the Mogul Embassy come out and attack AR Fox but FTR comes out has their back we then see Alify run in and have the backs of FTR and even though we try to see them go and try to shake the hands of FTR tries to shake the hands of Alify. Uh, it doesn't work out that way. And like Roosh literally just walks on by. We'll talk more about Roosh and Alify later on on the show. But anyways, thumbs up on this one here. And then also for Swerve Strickland, I've been digging what they've been doing with him in terms of the storytelling with Hangman Page. It's actually one of the matches I'm looking forward to for Full Gear. And I kind of hope that they add some sort of stipulation for it, though, because I feel like things have gotten really really personal between these two guys i mean swerve strickland literally went into this man's home and talked to his child who does that that is psychopathic so for me i feel like i need to see uh, a bonus of some sort you gotta add a stipulation to the second match at full gear so i hope they do do something along those lines but either way this was a good start to collision man a good stuff uh let's see what people are saying in the meantime we got matt hensley in here who says honestly i wouldn't be able to watch this show on delay i'd find myself skipping through and doing random things around my house instead of watching the whole show and see that's the problem the one problem that i feel like i say every single week when it comes to collision is honestly the enhancement matches that we see those are the ones that i just think they need to God, either just like really drastically bring them down 
or don't do them anymore. I'm sure they have their reasons as they always do, but the enhancement matches on Collision is honestly like the hardest thing to get through for the show. I find them incredibly boring and like it's the same thing. Like I've spoken about this on other shows where I feel like I really care about one half of whatever it is match that we're seeing and then the other half I'm just like, so then it completely takes away my interest in the actual matchup. So that's where I'm struggling at with Collision is no more enhancement matches, squash matches. They need to really just get those out of the show because I think that's honestly what's hurting Collision at this point. Uh, personally, that's where I'm at on all of that. All right, let's see what we got here. MCASPEDO64 says, Rampage has low-key been AEW's most consistent show of the last month. You need to watch it. So it's funny because I just had somebody tell me that exact same thing, somebody who actually watches Rampage on a weekly basis. But see, here's the thing. They did so much damage to Rampage in the sense, at least in my eyes, where they made the show like not a reason to tune in. Thankfully, you and some other people are starting to feel like Rampage is picking up and based on the matches that they have announced, I've seen it. I'm like, okay, you know what? They're putting more effort into Rampage and that's freaking great. So I'm happy to hear that. But again, because of like all of the shitty episodes that there was a Rampage, they kind of killed my enthusiasm for the show. And you're talking to somebody that used to do a Rampage review show. Remember the days, guys, when we used to cover SmackDown and Rampage, and I would spend like 10 minutes talking about SmackDown and the other 40 minutes talking about Rampage. Those days are long gone for me, and maybe we'll get them back. We'll see. Warhammer says, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. You know what you were going to say, Warhammer? It is bacon. That's what you were going to say. Warhammer, thank you so much for the super chat. Sheldon Jackson, my good friend, Sheldon sends in 10 DWO memberships. Let's go. You know what, Sheldon? I'm starting to think you're on a streak here. You're on a streak of every show that I've been doing like the last, I don't know, two weeks, uh, putting out DWO memberships. So that's official. You have a streak. You should count, actually. You should count how many shows you've done this in consistently because I'm pretty sure you're on a good streak here. <laughs> you're the you're Goldberg. You've got your streak going. <laughs> uh, Shelton, thank you so much for the DWO memberships. Always appreciate you a whole lot. And let's see what else we got here. We got more people. MCASPEDO says, sorry, Denise, but squash matches have been consistent in AEW and TK is not going to stop booking them. Again, I get why they do them but as a viewer I hate them and I can only speak from a viewer's perspective honestly all right guys let's keep it going something that I absolutely loved on collision something that I enjoyed more than what we saw on dynamite is between our full gear main event talent and that is MJF and Jay White so you guys, if you tuned in to the Wednesday post show, you know how I felt about Dynamite. I thought it sucked. Honestly, I did not like the show at all. And I felt horrible because I don't like coming on and being like, oh, I think a show sucks. But last week's Dynamite was <laughs> not good. It was not good. All right. It was just not for me. And today they kept it very simple, right? Like they weren't even on the show, MJF and JY. Like they did pre-recorded they did pre-recorded videos where they were cutting promos. And these two 
pre-recorded videos that they did were better than anything they did with MJF and JY on Dynamite. I'm just going to be real. They This was so much better. And it was so simple. It was so simple. We get an MJF promo and it's taped immediately following the, the match that he had on Dynamite, which we did see JY pin MJF one, two, three. And MJF is basically just freaking pissed off. He's clapping. He's mocking Jay White. He calls him stupid. He says that he's not on his level and that he's the one who made Jay White famous. And then he tells them to go on Google Trends and to check their names. And he says, yours is a straight line while I'm a pyramid. And it's something that small that went so far where we're getting we're getting an angry MJF. He's pissed. He's not a bad guy still, right? He's our scumbag. He's not the heel in this, but this wasn't comedy. This was straightforward. I'm better than you. And this is why I think I'm better than you, right? And I love that simple and freaking hella effective. Then, but I will say this, as much as I enjoyed that MJF promo, guys, the JY Bullet Club Gold one won it for me. This one freaking won it for me. This was freaking hilarious. So JY's out there. And I think part of what made it really funny too was the camera shot because they were, you know, all these guys really, really close up to one another. Like you got JY, like this is JY's face. And then you got one guy here, one guy here, one guy here. Everybody's like really close together. And the cameras really zoomed in on them. But it was funny because they started singing, J pinned MJF, J pinned MJF. I kid you not. The second I heard that for like the next 20 minutes while I was watching Collision, I was like, J pinned MJF inside my head because I thought that that little song that they were doing was really funny. But the best part was I mentioned that really close up camera. <laughs> Jay White's face. If you miss this, go back and watch this. He has like the cheesiest smile. He's like, <laughs> it, it's freaking funny because obviously he's a bad guy, right? But his friends are out there hyping him up and Jay White's got this he 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 face and it's freaking hilarious uh I, I just wrote it down on my notes as funniest cheesy face <laughs> literally that's what it was but we have jy you know spilling his spiel on that promo it was good stuff here i really really did enjoy these two promos and i thought they went very far in terms of kind of hyping you up if you weren't already hyped up for the full gear match that we're going to be seeing november 18th at the kia forum in inglewood all right. I don't know why I felt the need to say that. Like, why did I feel the need to say the whole thing? Kia Forum, Inglewood. <laughs> what am I doing here? Uh, thank you so much to Tom. Then still says he really liked my Goldust costume. I will say, I think the Goldust costume was probably my most popular costume that I did. I know a lot of people really liked the Tony Storm one. I think the Tony Storm one, honestly, I'm going to be, I thought that the Tony Storm costume that I was going to do, I thought it was going to suck. I don't know why I just didn't think it was going to be good. And then next thing you know, I get all dressed up. I do the little video and everybody loved it. And I thought, you know what? I don't hate it. And I think primarily I thought it was going to suck because I felt like I wasn't dressing up as Tony Storm, even though I copied her outfit from one of her promos. I felt like I was dressing up as Marilyn Monroe because that is Tony Storm's character. She's literally looks like Marilyn Monroe. So it felt weird that I was dressing up as a wrestler 
that was technically dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. So it was kind of a conflicting costume in my head. But I think what really sold it was having the shoe and doing the little bit where I do the chin up, tits out, <laughs> and watch for the shoe. Obviously, I didn't do my own voiceover for that. I had the Tony Storm recording going on. But anyways, Sheldon Jackson says, I've gifted memberships every show since the post show the night before Fastlane. So including today, I've gifted memberships for the last 19 shows. No way. In my head, it was literally like two weeks. 19 shows, Sheldon? Oh my God. All right, guys, Sheldon Jackson is on a 19-day streak. 19-day streak. Dude, by the way, you can end it whenever you want. I'm not going to force you to keep the streak going. That would be really messed up. But seriously, I appreciate you. I don't want people to think that I'm encouraging your streak because I don't want to, you know, do that. But Sheldon, thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously. Um, thank you. Yeah, Shiro says you rock blonde very well. Oh, no, honey. No, this is as blonde as I can go. If I do the full blonde, it just does not work. I remember when I went full blonde in college because college are the days that you try things, right? You dye your hair blue, you do silly things. I dyed my hair blonde. I had my my hair blonde probably for about maybe a year, two years. And I was a general assignment reporter. Yes, guys, I did not just wake up one day and turn on my camera and become a YouTuber. I actually have a degree in broadcast journalism and actually did local news reporting for quite some time. I know some people say that, you know, they say all these things about me, but I legitimately have a broadcasting <laughs> career and degree. But anyways, whatever, that's neither here nor there. But I was working as a general assignment reporter in Pasadena, and I remember my news director, she looked at me and she said, you are not glamorous. You need to either make sure you're constantly dyeing your hair, or you need to go back to brown hair because your blonde hair looks like shit, and you need to get rid of it because you do not look glamorous. And yes, guys, that is the world of entertainment. And when you are a TV host, especially in news, they do talk to you that way. And they do tell you things that will like shatter your self-esteem. And I was told that by my news director. And so forever, I dyed my hair back to brown. And I didn't dye my hair at all blonde for many years until I did highlights. And so highlights is what I do. I do not do blonde hair because of that news director that told me I did not look glamorous. Never forget that. But anyways, people are savage, guys. People are savage here in Hollywood, by the way. Yeah, that's not even the worst thing, guys. There's worse. I mean, you know, actually, maybe that was the worst one. Actually, no, I do have one more story, but I'll probably save it for another time because that one was probably worst. <laughs> I don't know if it was worse. I guess it depends on how you think about it. But anyways, so let's press on. Damn, you know what? That news director should probably be a heel in pro wrestling. They should probably make a character like that where they have this like evil biatch news director who's just telling somebody else that they're literally the shits. <laughs> That's literally what it is. MD89 says, I went to media school in Chicago. I know how it is. Yeah, that's what it is, guys. They mean. They mean. All right, let's go. Let's keep it going. We got Roderick Strong, the kingdom. Uh, well, let me explain this a little bit better. So Roderick Strong comes out and he does his little promo. It's a very quick one, very hilarious. He's 
comes out and he cuts a you people promo about how we don't take neck, neck health seriously. And you know what? He's right. We do not take neck, neck health. Why can't I say neck? Neck health seriously. We do not. And so Roderick Strong finishes his spiel. That was honestly like the best thing that came out of that. And we ended up getting the kingdom defeating James McGregor and Brixton Nash. And I said earlier, guys, I'm not a fan of these matches because I'm just not like, I don't care about what we saw here. And the other thing that I do want to say is quite frankly, it's so crazy to see that the kingdom hasn't really done much in AEW. And I guess I always just expected things to go down differently, especially for like Matt Taven, who I did get to see a whole lot in Ring of Honor. Matt Taven, who I got to see a whole lot. I mean, I saw him in freaking Madison Square Garden. And it's so crazy to see that now in AEW, they're just a background act for a comedy character in Roderick Strong. So I hope that things kind of change a little bit for the kingdom. But right now they're just there. And I feel bad because this match, it was just not... This is one of those matches that if I didn't have to cover the show, I would have just like fast forwarded and not even looked back at all on this one here. So this is one of the ones, again, where these are the matches that kind of take away from collision instead of adding to collision. So that's where I'm at with all of that. And let's keep it going. Lance Archer versus Darby Allen. I think this was probably, aside from the Swerve Strickland AR Fox match, this was the match that I was most looking forward to for Collision. And the reason for that is because we knew what this was going to be, right? Lance Archer is a big guy. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have seen Lance Archer in person. Television does not do him justice. He actually looks bigger in person than he does on television because I had seen him on TV a bunch, right? And I thought, okay, he's a big guy, whatever. And then I saw him at one of the New Japan shows when they did one of the shows in the Long Beach Pyramid. And I remember I was walking around just kind of scoping out the place and seeing what was going on. And I was walking and I turned and I had barely kind of seen just a little bit of him in like my peripheral, peripheral vision. And I thought for a second, I was like, oh, who's that? And then I looked better and I'm like, shit, that's Lance Archer. Dude is freaking huge. And he just looked more massive to me in person than he ever has on TV. So anyways, we know that Darby Allen is freaking crazy. He's going to go out there and he's going to bump like crazy. Like that's what Darby Allen is going to do. And that's what we got here. This was a fine match. This was fun. You see Darby go out there. You, you see him do his dives that he always does that are freaking crazy. We see Lance choke slam him outside the ring. But literally as before his body even hits the mat, he first hit. He's like a ping pong ball. No, a pinball. He's like a pinball. He went from being choke slammed so he goes from the air to the ring apron bounces and then goes to the ground so we're literally just seeing darby allen's body just go down in that manner and so darby that was pretty cool actually sorry darby i know you're out there getting your butt kicked and taking all of these brutal bumps but uh, obviously for us the viewers were like oh that's cool <laughs> right so eventually we end up seeing darby he finally gets a little bit of the upper hand primarily it's lance archer dominating throughout this entire match but darby starts to scrape the back of lance archer 
They're on the top rope and Darby executes a code red and gets the victory on Lance Archer. I'll be real with you guys. They haven't done much with Lance Archer at all in AEW. He's kind of just been there. His best match, I think, was the one that he had with Hangman Page. But other than that, he's just there. And so he's almost like Wardlow to me, except without the... I feel that AEW still puts more effort into Wardlow than they do Lance Archer, but I almost see Lance Archer in that same Wardlow spot where they have this big guy, but that's it. Like there's nothing else there. And unfortunately for Lance Archer, it's more so that I don't think AEW has really, I don't know. I, I don't feel like we've really seen them tell a, they haven't built anything surrounding Lance Archer in the sense that there's no real, purpose character story he's just lance archer he's just a murder hawk lance archer that's like it and so that's when i personally kind of feel that they should kind of and eh, you know try to reshape but either way uh after this match we do get we do get um Lance Archer going back and making his way back into the ring and then actually taking out Darby Allen. So he gets his heat back immediately after this match. So eh, it's up to you guys how you guys felt about that one. But it was all right. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. It was just there. It was all right. So here's the thing that I want to talk about in regards to the next match. And that is, by the way, I want to read this. I want to read this comment here from Doppelganger399 who says, it will change for the kingdom when they reveal Cole as the devil. They're all working together. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. All right. The Acclaim 69 celebration. So this one here is 50-50 for me because the first half of this, I loved. I loved the first half of the 69 celebration. The other half, I absolutely hated. And I will tell you exactly where I stopped enjoying this. But first, I want to talk about what I did enjoy. So there is some good stuff in here, some nice comedy bits. And the funniest part of this whole thing, there was two parts. One of them was from Billy Gunn, because they're out there hyping everybody out, right? Everybody's got their scissors and everything. Billy Gunn points to a girl in the crowd. And he says that she has a sign that says that it's her first time scissoring. And Billy Gunn says, I'm going to say that's a lie, but that's okay. You ha That shit was freaking funny. I love that. That was by far the best part of this whole thing that they did. The second best part that they did was MJF popping up on the screen and actually saying that Max Caster is starting to grow on him. He's growing on him like a fungus, but he's growing on him. And he's decided he's actually likes the acclaim just a little bit. And primarily it's because Max Caster took the hit from Jay White on Dynamite when Jay White was aiming to hit MJF with the title belt. He ends up hitting Max Caster instead because Max Caster pushed MJF out of the way. So thus earning a little bit of MJF's gratitude. So the best part of that was funny because Max Caster was fangirling over MJF here. He was acting like if Taylor Swift popped up right now and said something nice about me. That's literally what Max Caster was acting like when MJF popped up on screen. And so I loved all of that. That was great. And afterwards, they do the, the, and this is where it all goes downhill after this. After the MJF bit, it went too long. They are talking about a 69 trophy. Billy Gunn is making jokes that weren't that funny anymore. I, I feel like sometimes, 
So he says he just wants to know how he's going to 69 everyone in here, right? Okay, haha, it's funny. It's a dirty joke. We're all going to laugh. And then he goes, isn't that what daddies do? And I'm like, am I supposed to be laughing at this joke? I don't know if that one's necessarily a good joke. Like that one's screaming. That one was a little cringeworthy for me. I'm like, I don't know. That one wasn't that funny. I get that the daddy ass and the scissor me daddy ass, like that's supposed to be the bit. But the isn't that what daddies do line, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to laugh at that. That one was a little bit cringeworthy for me. So that one I didn't think was funny. I think at that point, they were just trying a little bit too hard to get something else over at this point. And then, so I was already starting to lose interest during this portion of it. And then my interest just went way down, way down. They were interrupted by Dalton Castle and the boys. I'm sorry, but I'm not really interested in the act. So he comes out. They take the trophy away. It's this very long, boring exchange of like, oh, I got your trophy. Oh, I got your trophy. And nothing really happens. He smashes the trophy in the end. And then the piñata bit, I thought would have been funnier because you got a piñata out there. Piñatas are freaking fun. And you see the boys trying to smash the piñata on Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, but instead the acclaim get it on them. Then they throw out little prizes and stuff to the crowd. Okay. And I'm thinking, this is the end of it. This is the end. We go to commercial break. We come back and we end up getting an impromptu match. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to see this match. We get a match. AEW Trios titles match. The Acclaim end up defeating Delton Castle and the boys to retain the title. Thankfully, it wasn't too long, but I just did. I thought this went incredibly long. They should have ended it after the MJF. After the MJF video and Max Caster fangirling, because that was funny, end it there. Like, that was it. <laughs> Everything else you could fast forward, unfortunately. So that's kind of how I felt about that one. Oh, hell no. MD says piñatas are mid. Bro, what? No freaking way. Piñatas are so much fun. I have a scar on my head to this day. I've had it for years due to a piñata. I was breaking a piñata as a kid. I swear to God, this happened. This sounds like a GCW deathmatch, but I was breaking a piñata. Now I am incredibly, I'm a very competitive person. And I was very competitive as a child too. I wanted to be the one to break the piñata. So I'm out there in this little kid's, my little cousin's birthday party. I'm breaking the piñata. I'm freaking going crazy, right? Like I want to be the kid that breaks the piñata. Well, my dumbass got way too carried away through the freaking shot. And when I did, I lost my balance and I fell backwards. And the worst part is that we had like these big steps in my house, like these big steel steps. I'm not kidding you. I fell backwards, hit my head on the freaking steel steps, completely blacked out. I think I'm pretty much had a concussion, except concussions were not really a thing back then. So nobody knew to take my ass to the hospital. I literally got busted open, I think at least like two inches. I was not taken to the hospital. I did not get stitches. I was gushing blood out of my head. And guys, we're Mexican. Like they're gonna solve the problem at home. Like, I don't know how to tell you guys this. Like we don't, we don't go to the hospital. They don't fix us up all nicely. Like they take care of you at home DIY style. And all I was told was you cannot go to sleep. And somehow I woke up and was just there and I wasn't allowed to go to sleep afterwards. So I wouldn't go into a coma. And that was literally my big piñata story. So yes, piñatas are fun, but you can get carried away, especially if you are a competitive person. I learned my lesson after that. And 
and I toned down my competitiveness uh, after that because I only ended up hurting myself. Uh, but yeah, it gets kind of crazy in there. Walter Johnson says, piñatas have free candy. Hell yeah. Juan Ortega says, Denise going the hey on that piñata. For reals, guys. For reals. I think I was like 12 when that happened. So that was my biggest injury that I've ever had in my life. And I still have the bump. Like you can actually feel it in the back of my head. It feels like you can feel it. I can't explain it. All right, guys, let's keep it going. Juan Ortega says, EC dub, EC dub. <laughs> For reals. Fernando Zaya says, I'm Mexican. Piñatas were at every party I went to as a kid. They still are, guys. They still are are piñatas are so much fun getting candy is so much fun and especially the more kids that are there oh there's always drama always whenever you throw yourself on the ground to get candy there's always that one kid that wants to fight you while you're there and then you start fighting it, it just becomes a whole thing <laughs> doppelganger says mick foley would be proud piñata death match honestly let's do it they'd be dangerous all right moving on we got a quick match between Mark Briscoe, Dustin Rhodes, and Keith Lee. They ended up defeating Kip Sabian and the Workhorsemen. This was all right. Uh, the Brisk, uh, Mark Briscoe hits the froggy bow on Kip Sabian and gets the win here. We got a women's match between Willow Nightingale and Emi Sakura. This was another decent match. Emi Sakura, literally anytime she's in there with just about anybody, it's a good match. Willow Nightingale has had one of the best years that she's ever had in her career. So she goes out there. She gets the win after... We see Emmy Sakura gets a spine buster from Willow Nightingale, and then Willow Nightingale ends up hitting her power bomb, and that's how she ends up getting the win. So decent match, liked it, good stuff. We get to the main event, and this was FTR and La Facción, Ingo Bernable, Rouge, Princeton Vance, and they end up defeating the Gates of Agony, Big Bill, and Ricky Stark. So two big things that I want to take away from this, two big things, and that is the first one, this was Roosh's return match, right? Roosh looked freaking phenomenal in this match. Um, when this main event started, I thought, fuck, this looks so boring. And I wasn't that interested. And I'm going, oh, I don't really care for this main event. And I was kind of already feeling a little bit antsy because I hadn't been into a lot of the middle portion of this show. And so I was kind of feeling a little antsy. And this match started and I'm like, whatever, right? So I'm watching. And it was almost like I got a freaking espresso shot or something because Rush went in there and with such this intensity and aggression. I mean, he's throwing guys into barricades. He's just so much more intense than everybody else in there. He just stood out so much more to me. And keep in mind, I'm a big fan of literally you know, I, I like FTR. I'm a fan of Ricky Starks. I'm a fan of Big Bill. I like all those guys, right? I mean, you guys have heard me talk about these guys. But Roosh went in there and was just, dude had his batteries on. Dude was freaking working. I think he knew for the most part, like, come on, like, this is an eight-man tag. All right, guys? You're only going to get so much, right? But he went in there and was like, I'm hardly ever on AEW. I'm going to freaking work my ass off. And that's literally what we got. Roosh was freaking running around doing the thing it was very entertaining to watch that's the one topic that i want to hit on the other topic that i want to hit on as i was watching this match now you guys know i'm a big ricky starks fan with that being said i want to take back something that i said when we watched brian danielson ricky starks the first two times somewhere in there i now feel ricky starks 
should have defeated Brian Danielson. And before my original thinking was, dude, he had a phenomenal freaking match with Brian Danielson. That's a win right there. I kind of wish he would have won either at the pay-per-view or on collision. One of those. And the reason I say that is because I'm starting to feel like, okay, so the feud, obviously the feud started with CM Punk, right? It was supposed to be Ricky Stark, CM Punk. But, you know, shit happens. And Brian Danielson came in, filled in, and they did Brian Danielson, Ricky Starks. Okay. Though I think the whole point in this was to elevate Ricky Starks. The performance, the body of the match, definitely did. But I think that had he won, I feel the outcome would have propelled him a lot higher. And I say this because ever since that, since the CM Punk stuff finished, since the Brian Danielson, st- Brian Danielson stuff finished, I feel like Ricky Starks has kind of like just gone down in terms of now he's just in this tag team with Big Bill and granted they're entertaining, but it's not anywhere near like I think what he should be doing on the show. It kind of feels like he's not in that same spot anymore. And I do think had he defeated Brian Danielson, like you got to run with that. You got to keep elevating the guy. So instead of going up, from that performance, I almost feel like we're going down. And that's primarily due to the booking of all of this, right? Because now it just feels like, okay, he's just in the mix with all of these guys. But I think Ricky Starks should be having like a top spot where he's not out there, you know, sharing the limelight with everybody else here. And given that collision is kind of running low on talent, I feel Like, okay, well, with the talent you have, you really, really have to make sure that people are interested, that they're invested in them. And Ricky Starks has proven himself over and over and over again, but he seems to have to still keep climbing this uphill battle. And I think Ricky Starks could be like the MJF of Collision if he was put I think in better stories because right now like it was cool when he became champion with Big Bill right but nothing really has come of that and so I'm kind of feeling like all right now Ricky Starks is just thrown in there just like every other guy where I feel like he could be put in a different spot on the show so this is what I was thinking about as I was watching this match and so I kind of felt like I had to go back and take back my statement and say that Ricky Starks should have won against Brian Danielson and maybe that would have just set him up in a different spot on the show so that's where I'm at with what I was going on with the main event uh and we got a lot of people saying the same thing about you know MD says Ricky Starks has mega star potential. Fernando says you're right. Denise, Ricky should have gotten over on Brian. And yeah, honestly, I just didn't really think, I just didn't really think it then. I thought that, okay, well, they're doing great with Ricky Starks. They're going to keep it going, but they haven't. So I, I wish that they do. I wish that they change things up a little bit there with Ricky. All right, so let's keep it going, everybody. Let's go. All right, we got a couple more things to talk about before I wrap up the show. And before I do, just a friendly reminder to everybody, next week I will be back for my normal slate of shows. Tuesday I'll be here to chat NXT. Wednesday I will be joined by Reg to chat AEW Dynamite. Friday I will be here for SmackDown. And then Saturday I will be back for AEW Collision. So we got a full slate of shows. Also, another thing. So on the Apple Reviews side of things, I know a lot of people had been asking me that they didn't know how to leave a review. Well, I did the thing I googled and I searched and I did the little YouTube video and so basically 
it's a lot harder to leave a review on just like a regular desktop app. So the best way to leave a review, and I've updated the link, by the way, and I'm going to update it on this video too, is to go on the Apple podcast app. So the app is the best place to leave the review because you go to the page, you scroll all the way down, and there you will be seeing a section to actually leave a review. So if you were having trouble and you couldn't leave a review, uh, I suggest going to the app. So this is the app. And then just scroll all the way down. And there is a little section here that says tap to rate. And there you can actually rate the match. I mean, sorry, rate the match, rate the podcast, excuse me. So for those of you who were having trouble and didn't know how to do it, Apple Podcast app is the best way to do that. All right, um, really quickly, winter is coming. It's going to be taking place on the December 13th edition of AEW Dynamite. So that should be fun. I always love the theme shows because we get some really good effort on those theme shows. But speaking of really good efforts, so I was talking about how last week's AEW Dynamite was no bueno. It's not good at all. Well, it looks like they are really putting a lot more effort in this coming episode of Dynamite because they have stacked it with so many matches that have been announced for Wednesday's show. We need to talk about this. So first of all, for the women, we're going to be seeing Red Velvet versus Julia Hart. Julia Hart is pretty over with the AEW audience, so I think that's a big win for her. Swerve Strickland continues the role that he's on right now, and that is he's going to be having a match against Penta El Cero Miedo. That one, guys, I'm expecting to be really good. We're going to be seeing Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. And, oh boy, get the meat ready, everybody, because we are going to be seeing Ring of Honor TV champion Samoa Joe defend his title against Keith Lee. And we're also going to be seeing the AEW world champion MJF against Daniel Garcia. So they are really stacking up this card Um Thankfully, so I'm really happy about that because it'll give me and Reg a whole lot to talk about on Wednesday's show. So, yay, thumbs up on that. Alrighty, everyone, that is it. That is the bonus podcast here for AEW Collision. Please, guys, as I said, do not forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Go on the app, search up Instinct Culture by Denise Salcedo, and leave your review. Even if you only watch on the video side of things, it really helps so that my podcast could rank a lot higher, get more sponsorships, and, you know, just do a little bit better. So thank you so much to everybody. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend, and I will be back next time for NXT Conversation. Thank you, everyone. Bye.